Hi everybody, uh, my name is Allison and this is White Lotus Radio, a podcast all about the legend of Korra, uh, and my co-host is Nora. Nora, this is the part where you say your name. <laughs> I was waiting for you to start the podcast. I just, I, I thought I started it. I didn't hear you say a word for 30 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Extremely good. Okay. <laughs> New mic setup, or maybe the Wi-Fi cut out. Who knows? Um, is the podcast introed now, or are we just... No, no, it's not. Okay, okay. Everybody, uh, my name is Allison, and this is White Lotus Radio, a podcast all about the legend of Korra. And uh, my co-host is Nora. That's me. I'm Nora, and this is White Lotus Radio, a podcast about legend of Korra. <laughs> um, this week on the show, episodes eleven and twelve of uh, book two. I don't know their names. I'm not pulling them up. Night of a Thousand Stars. Sorry. Night of a Thousand Stars and uh, <laughs> Harmonic Convergence. Nora, can I hit you with the hot take? Yes. I thought these episodes were really good. I thought these were very good episodes of the TV show. Counterpoint. Okay. They were very bad episodes. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Let Have me tell ever, you like, about... actually disagreed on this show? <laughs> Let me tell you about um, breakups. Okay, look, the boys are bad. The boys are bad in town. This is this is inexcusable at this point. Yeah, no, the the. I can absolutely understand the boys ruining the the episode for you. Like that is, one hundred percent. Like, a thing I get. I mean, this is also how I feel about solo okay where where i liked a lot of it and then there's one thing that's kind of fucked up that is ruining it for me a little bit okay okay i don't i haven't seen solo and it's probably early enough that we shouldn't spoil it but yeah that is an interesting uh huh it has nothing to do with the thing that you already know about okay does it have something to do with Lando being uh, pan? Question mark. No. No. What I a mean, dumb thing. I mean, yes, tangentially or tertiarily, it does. A little. What bit. a dumb thing. Legend of Korra. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I. I definitely, I thought these were good episodes, but it was a lot of, like, I was still wincing through the scene with, scenes with Mako and Bolin, and, like, I thought everything else just balanced it out, and I, like, but also 1,000 million percent see how that 
those two could ruin it. And should we just like say what happens in the episodes? Should I stop repeating the same talking point over and over? <laughs> uh, yeah, let's let's do the the rewatch of the podcast. Okay. Um. So Bolin visits Mako in prison, and Mako's like, "Hey, uh, I've been framed." And Bolin makes a couple jokes about an insanity defense, which was not. Uh, so I watched I watched that first three minutes like two days ago, mm-hmm. and then watched the rest of it today. And I forgot about the insanity defense, and the insanity defense thing is also like inexcusably bad. Yeah, it's. Uh... Yeah, the word is bad. The jo- the word itself is bad, and like the joke is even worse. And like it feels like every TV show ever does this joke, and it it's always gross. It's never funny. I just top to bottom hate it. Like, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I do remember now that pissing me off, and I kind of wonder if, like, I liked these episodes better because I had a two-day break from that little scene, you know? Because it was basically mm-hmm. just that scene, two seconds past it, and then I, like, came back today. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, after uh, Bolin visits Mako in prison and doesn't believe Mako's story, we go to the premiere of the like final of Varric's movers or whatever they're called, which is at the Pro Bending Stadium, because everything big happens at the Pro Bending Stadium. And, but they don't even remove the pro bending arena from it. So, in universe, I can imagine this as, oh, the pro bending arena is the only place in town big enough for you know all the people. Theater that exists show up. in this setting. What I know is the actual reason is that they did not have the money to design <laughs> a new... <laughs> they're like, look, we've get got those, all these uh, frames get, of... Get those background paintings from season one. Yeah. Like, that's all that is. That is the only thing that is happening there. I'm going to put it in Photoshop. <laughs> um, this scene and the one immediately after it are the only ones where I have really bought Varric as a villain. Like... In the others where he's been a villain, he's been too goofy for it. But in this one, like, it was semi-convincing. Um, he speaks with the president and, like, is kind of doing this double-speak thing where he's like, you'll find I'm far more persuasive than you could imagine or whatever. And he's, like, clearly, like, winking at the camera. I've got a trick up my sleeve, blah, blah, blah. And then... Um, before the mover starts, he does this whole big speech about um, why Republic City should go to war with the South or with the North. And um, I thought that was a better scene than most of Varric's other stuff. 
Well, yeah, because Varric was... Varric was created for that scene. Yeah, yeah. And that's the strength that they have in this show, is a specific scene they can come up with is good, but when they have to write all the parts around it, leading up to it in the aftermath, it's not always good. Yeah, and like, I think part of the reason I like these two episodes is that, like, there's a lot of action scenes in these episodes, and these action scenes have clearly been, like, built to for a long time. Um, and I think that's why they work. I also think action is just kind of the show's strong suit. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish that they could do more storytelling through the action. Like, you can do storytelling in a fight mm-hmm. scene. Yeah, you can. And um, I wish they did more of that. There's a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of it in the second I episode. I wish that but... more characters had, like, if I may borrow a word from EA, iconic moves. <laughs> There's, like, a little bit of that with Bolin uh, very quickly going into, like, his pro-bending stuff to... Um, I'm jumping ahead of myself a little bit. I'm jump- mm-hmm. There's a little bit of that with Bolin. A little, little tiny... Tiny bit. I think the the biggest problem is that so much of this show is not about characters in reality. It is about plot. And so, like, the only story they really get to do in action scenes is more plot. And, like, the thing that they need is more character stuff, I feel like. like season one was about, like, the politics of these two factions. Season two is about the cosmology and then mm. season three is more about characters yeah and from I what i remember the i think the thing that i liked in these two episodes was i started to get a vision of how season three is going to improve this show you mm-hmm. know yeah like I started to remember how some of season three works and the gears started turning and i I can I was talking on Discord with a couple of other people yesterday about like man I just have doubts about season 3 even and then having watched these episodes this morning I started to maybe see oh right season 3 they are going to turn a corner I the boys are still going to be awful but like otherwise I can start to see how they might like this show this these two episodes turn the corner a little bit and hopefully the rest of season three does that. Um, well, like, there's no dating in season three, right? I genuinely do not remember. No recollection. I think we're done dating after this season, and then maybe the characters will be cool. I hope so. <laughs> uh, God, I hope so. Uh, we're still at the point of the show where we're like, hey, Asami, can you do a thing off screen? Thanks. Right, right. Um, which that... That, so that brings us back to this episode right before the action scene. I mm, I like this scene, but I don't think this scene was good. I think it just like tugged at the thing I want from the show more. So during the movers, uh, Bolin is thinking about Mako and ends up like getting upset and leaving. Asami follows him out and says like, 
you know it, you know it's fake like something emotional had just happened in the movie and she's like oh you know that like naga is still alive or whatever um and bolin kind of talks about like he's having all this success but now cora's gone and mako's in jail and like his his success is hollow without his friends and I don't I don't think it's a great scene because like Asami doesn't get to do anything except comfort some dude. But like it it just it tugged at me a little bit as particularly because I have so desperately wanted this show to have scenes like this. Mhm. Um but yeah, like Asami still gets nothing to do in the scene except say, "Oh, it'll be fine, Bolin." And it's like for this scene to have actually worked better, I think they need to give a woman something to do for once in this show. And, like, also, we'd need more space uh, in the show. Like, Mako's mm-hmm. been in jail for half an episode. Yeah. Like... And, like... It would be... like If this were at near the end of the season where Mako's been in jail the whole season, that's another thing. And, like... Korra's just been away and doing her shit outside of the city for the whole season. Mm-hmm. If we... This is not a splintering the fellowship moment. Or, like, if Bolin had visited Mako in prison and, like, admitted that he'd been wrong or, like, felt guilty about it. He doesn't have any guilt for putting Mako mm-hmm. in prison. He just feels bad that Mako's there. And if that if that previous scene had played out differently, this is a lot, this scene works a lot better, you know? Yeah. Um, but then Bolin notices a boat. He notices a boat. Oh, we totally skipped over, um, some men got out of that boat and, uh, shoved the mustache cops into lockers. I don't know why the mustache cops are still in this TV show, but here we are. And some waterbenders shove them in lockers, and then Bolin sees the boat, and he finds the mustache cops, and they're like, oh, those waterbenders are after the president. I really want a pastry after watching <laughs> that, because it was so goopy and, and fruity. I There's want a one. lot of jelly in that donut. Yeah. There's a kolache <laughs> place just down the road. Oh, nice. There's a, there's a bakery um, two blocks away from me, but they don't... So... I'm trying to remember. There's something weird with it where they, like, don't... They open at 5 in the morning and only serve coffee until noon, and then afternoon you can get a pastry or something. Hmm. It's a very weird place, and, like, the the pastries are not worth waiting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's 12.09. Not that I'm up at 5 a.m., but, like, if I hypothetically were up at 5 a.m., I would want a donut. This place is uh, is really good because um, turns out uh, in the town I live, I've been told there's a very high Czech population. Oh, and these okay. are like Czech style kolaches. Okay. With the nice fruit in them and everything, they're very tasty. <laughs> I really want one right now. I'll I'll uh, get one for you. I'll just Amazon Prime that over to you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> can i set up a button like an amazon button or whatever they're called i'm so hungry i haven't eaten today <laughs> my mom has an amazon button for something and there was a funny story about it that i cannot remember Toilet paper? no elbow no, grease no i was 
I thought of that, and then I remembered uh, on that thing, and I, mm, what a gross man. I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't, what you, you, you keep talking and then like not saying words and then saying I know, sorry, words. sorry. It's I like, about it's like the universe is pulling somebody's name out of your speech. <laughs> it's weird. I don't know. It's kind of uh, like how that movie Bright has no writer. Yeah, it's okay. I didn't realize there was a joke here for a minute. I, thought, <laughs> I just thought you were being serious and were commenting on the fact that I'm mumbling a lot. But there's no. a joke. Okay. There's there's an attempt at a joke. <laughs> I'm probably gonna cut all this, but if I don't, I'm gonna censor that name for the bit. <laughs> okay. Please do. I'm ta- I'm taking a breath. I'm taking a breath. I'm finding my rhythm. I'm finding my energy. I'm sorry. I recorded over an hour of podcast this morning. No, you're good. You're good. I was just like, I just haven't found my footing yet, you know? I haven't found the jokes. The jokes are hiding from me. And that's all right. Have you tried joke bending? (laughs) I mean, like, in fairness, like... Because I haven't told jokes, we've just actually had a good conversation about the legend of Korra, which is, you know. Um, so mm-hmm. Bolin goes and protects the president from the waterbenders, and there's an action scene, and nothing much happens, and the action scene is pretty corny. But like, I think maybe I'm just a raw nerve this morning because I was like, oh, this action scene's so good because like it's reflecting what's happening in the movie, and I'm like, it's not like. It, it's fine. Yeah. He's like having a he's having a fight in front of the mover and like when Bolin is winning IRL, he's winning in the mover and when he's losing IRL, he's losing in the mover and like he does a lot of the same stuff as what's happening in the mover and it's like not great, but like I thought it was really great. I don't know. <laughs> it it's fine. It's like it's interesting to see Bolin and the fact that, like, he continued his pro bending after the other two quit. Um, right. And, and he's very good at it. When he's fighting in an arena in that specific style, like, um, that's where he's at his strongest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because he's not a very competent bender in a fight outside of an arena. Yeah. As like, we will he's see fine. later in this. Uh, he'll he'll learn some tips and tricks uh, next season, but that's a ways away. Oh, right. I forgot about that. Also, I want to pitch you a ship. Okay, hit me with a ship. Hit me with a ship, please. Lin Bei Fong and Kaya. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, okay. I have not read the Korra comics yet, but mm-hmm. I am told that there is a scene in the Korra comics where Korra basically goes to Kaya and asks, like, about being a lesbian and, like... I told th- you about this scene six weeks ago on this very podcast. Okay, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I have zero memory. That's not my fault. <laughs> I thought someone else told me that. Heck off. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that came up when that character was introduced. Look. Mm-hmm. 
But I call that ship Rustbenders. Bad. Hmm? Hey, Nora. Hi. Have I ever mentioned that I hate you? Uh, no. Where's this coming from? <laughs> Did I do something wrong? Uh, mostly the word Rustbenders. <laughs> Why? What's wrong with that? Well, you... I get what you're going for, but it's uh, mm, I hate it. So what's wrong with Rustbusters? Bust- Rust That's not the thing. Rustin makes me feel good. Uh, Rustin, 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 Rustin. Water and metal, you know. No, I got it. I got it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I did. The problem was not that I didn't understand the joke, Nora Blake. <laughs> it was not really a joke. It was more like, what's a good ship name for a metal bender and a water bender? Probably something with rust. Yeah, because Kaya's too short. You can't, like, Kylin? That's not a thing. Um... You can't really portmanteau the names. Water, metal, uh, like Mercury. Okay, okay, that's good. Mercury. I'm into that one. I'm more of a Sailor Venus lady, but um, I, I, I don't. I've never seen Sailor Moon. I've seen like four episodes. I like it a lot, but uh, I've only seen four episodes. Jupiter seems cool. I almost pitched you a Sailor Moon podcast, but that's a bad idea. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either. Someone I follow on Twitter already does a Sailor Moon podcast, so like we. Mm. I think that's a different person from the person I know who does a Sailor Moon podcast. Possibly. Look, no, no one has a monopoly on the Sailor Moon podcast market, but I don't think we're the people to do it. You know. I know that there's like a thing with trans girls and Sailor Moon. I uh, almost bought a Sailor Moon cardigan last week, but um, there's like a bow on the back of it that i was really not into Mm. but i'm just like i I, that's not the type of transformation i was always drawn to i was always drawn to the more monstrous horror Mm. transformations okay so like the magical girl stuff i like the idea but i haven't seen any sometimes aside from kill the kill question mark sometimes um at the babysitter i would go to when i was very little um, Sailor Moon would be on the TV and I really wanted to watch it but then like other boys would tell me I was weird for wanting to watch it and so that's about as far as I pursued that hmm after a certain point I was homeschooled so I could just watch whatever mm. so I just watched a bunch of Kim Possible I never watched much Kim Possible I watched a lot of Totally Spies, but... um, I watched a little bit of that, but it wasn't on very often. I watched a lot of it because it was on, like, at my babysitter for some reason a lot. But, like, listening to Totally Reprise has told me that I remember zero of that show. (laughs) I remember one where they go to Paris and there's perfume. You remember more than I do. There might be one in space. There's almost certainly one in space. There's one where uh, Jerry is really hot. Who? Um, I'm just going to say the words hot Jerry into a microphone a few more times. 
<laughs> is this a Beetlejuice situation? What are you summoning? <laughs> God. <laughs> um, Portmanteau would just say Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Love a Harry Jerry. <laughs> You're a wizard, Harry Jerry. <laughs> What's happening in Korra right now? I forgot. Nothing, because we stopped watching. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, But yeah, I I was like always more into werewolves and vampire style transformation stuff than like magical girl stuff. Mm, I got very, very, very into like vampire shit in um, Oblivion, even though... I don't like Oblivion very much as a video game, but like mm-hmm. being a vampire in that game, mm, delicious. I had a really good time over the uh, Christmas times. Uh, <laughs> when I visited Aster, I played Skyrim and actually enjoyed it for for once. Um, oh, nice! Because I like found my way of having fun with that, and nice. I created my Dunmer Crimes Wizard named a woman of taste uh, of course that's I not basically only play dunmer crime wizards so um her name was um somber tenebrae good ass name good ass name and i i beelined for the magic college and then beelined for the vampires and Hell so <laughs> yeah i've never uh, actually done the vampires in skyrim because i put so much time in it at launch before vampires were in the game though i did do all the werewolf shit we also, Aster downloaded a mod so that I could marry the vampire girl. Hell yeah! So the culmination of my time with Skyrim was marrying the vampire girl. And that was like Hell the yes. day before I had to go back and I didn't play it after that. And that was like the mm. end of that story. <laughs> I'm sure there's a big fucking like lightning orb, magic orb thing happening in the college. We'll fix that some other day. Look. May we all marry the vampire girl of our dreams. Amen. Or vampire boy. I don't know. Or vampire. Let's, yeah. Let's just that's just a vampire. Let's just say yeah. vampire. Let's just say vampire. Get yourself the, a vampire. Get yourself a vampire. I Gosh, vampire. I just suddenly, I just, I literally spaced out and thought about uh, Buffy and. Um, oh, I've never seen Buffy. I'm so scared to revisit Buffy because it meant everything to me. And um, it means everything to Hold me, on. and I'm just like, if if you got to take away Atlantis from me, look, <laughs> I think it's time that uh, you rewatch Buffy. I might. There, there is a podcast out there somewhere which is um, two lesbians rewatching Buffy, and so like, I, I mm, maybe that's maybe that's the way in. Um, mm-hmm. season okay. Season six of Buffy is just about like self insert. Like Joss Whedon puts himself in the show, and the character he puts himself in the show as is an abuser. And like, how did we not see it coming? How did we not foresee this? <clears throat> uh, because we're just we're not people who know him in real life. I guess. Yeah. I'm sure people that are closer to him were very familiar. 
Yeah. But we're both several states and several decades apart. So. <laughs> Should we talk about Korra? I kind of... I'm fucking salty because my download code for Bloodstained Curse of the Moon never showed up because they ha- don't have those codes to give out yet. So I won't get mm-hmm. to stream it tonight like I was going to. Damn. This concludes just, my vampire grousing. I've been thinking about um, streaming some uh, Symphony of the Night because I've never played that game, and because I like, uh, like the Metroid games are like my favorite games ever, and I've never really explored the Castlevania side of it too in depth. So maybe I'll stream it's Symphony okay. of the Night. It's not my favorite of those, but it's pretty good. Which one's your favorite? It's tough. Um, of the Metroidvania-style ones, there's basically seven of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless you count the PS2 entries, which are kind of more like... Um, Devil May Cry style games. I could get into that, honestly. I hear bad things about those PS2 ones, but like... They're fine. I, totally I could imagine fine. that, like, I could waste 10 hours on those, you know? They have leveling. They have RPG elements. That's the that's thing I'm really unsure about, is because I like not leveling in Metroid, and I'm very unsure about how I'm going to feel about the addition of it. I felt I like it... the reason I never beat the final boss of Lament of Innocence is because I wasn't high enough level. But also, like, Dark Souls is my favorite game, and I think if I came at symphony of the night or any of those games from a like this is a dark souls not a metroid i think i could get more into it it could be uh to answer your question my favorite it's a real toss-up because like dawn of sorrow is gonna always gonna have like a soft spot in my heart because it was my first Mm -hmm. uh and i really liked it a lot portrait of ruin has a ton of alternate characters you can play as including one that turns the metroidvania into like a shoot 'em up okay uh, the character you control basically can just fly and shoot things in every direction oh nice and there's another one that where you play as one of the enemy times which is an old axe armor and it's very it's like super hard mode um okay Kind of. There's like a thing it does that makes certain things more easy. Anyway, but also I'm Order at of these Ecclesia. Screenshots of Dawn of Sorrow, and it looks very good. Oh, it's it's pretty good. Uh, like, that's the really one like with the art. bad art, but yeah, I, I liked it at the time. I'm I'm a sucker for basically anything. Uh, this is I don't want to reduce it to this, but I like basically all pixel art, and like mm-hmm. this seems like good complicated ass pixel art yeah also they got like the visual novel style like portraits on the screen i'm into that i don't know maybe i'll play dawn of sorrow the only bad thing about dawn of sorrow is the fact that after every boss fight you have to do a little touchpad thing to seal the boss away Mm. Uh, you have to like draw a symbol on the screen because it's a like 2004 ds game Right, and we had to put it in the touchscreen somehow, but we didn't really think about it. I mean, we also, thought we were just making a GBA game. Also, just look at the title. 
Yeah, no. I like noticed that and was like trying to think of a way to bring it in and I couldn't. Um but um they're all good is the thing. Like the GBA ones are also good. I de- never played Circle of the Moon, but I played a lot of Harmony of Dissonance and Aria of Sorrow. And I think that of those Aria is the best one. Uh, it's the most interesting one. Uh, I think I put an hour into Aria maybe. Um Harmony is also good, but it's a little weird. Uh, there's more magic in that one. And there's a side quest where you collect pieces of furniture throughout the castle. And there's one like empty room that you just start decorating with all the furniture that you pick up. Okay. And you can sit in the chair. Nice. There's no reward for finishing that room. I kind of... <laughs> I love when games do that, though. Yeah. Like... I'm that girl what love her in Animal Crossing. And, like, there's mm-hmm. not a point to anything you do in Animal Crossing other than, like, aesthetic goodness, you know? Um, that's why, like, the fan interpretation of just it, the character from that game is that he's very into fashion and interior decorating. Yeah, I'm into it. Um, Circle of the Moon is weird. Um it was created before the Game Boy had a backlit screen. Oh. Um, so the colors are a little bit weird. I've got one of those unlit uh, GBAs. It's, it is not lit, my dudes. <laughs> uh, Circle of the Moon is hard. Uh, it felt harder than the others. Uh, uh, Order of Ecclesia is really, 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 really good. And um, it's probably the best of the ds ones but i like all three of my children (laughs) i do actually i do actually really like the very first castlevania game and i like save stated my way through it but like i that game was a lot of fun and i don't like nes games like just straight up i do Mm -hmm. not like any nes game i have played except for castlevania one and metroid one have you played kirby oh nes kirby is good but like NES Mario's can get fucked. That's my hot take. I mean, I'm, I have zero love in my heart for Mario. Same. I like the 3D Mario's. I'm very bad at 2D platforming. Um, and I know I just said I like Castlevania One, but once I once again, like I stay stated through that because I just wanted to see all the pretty art and the good music. I mean, I played Mega Man One recently, and I stayed stated through that, so that's fine. <laughs> that's valid i gave up when i got to the yellow devil because fuck the yellow devil i think i've also beaten Mega Man 2 and Mega Man 2 is like a decent game i don't i don't know why it's like some people's favorite game ever but like Mega Man 2 is solid i mean you didn't play Mega Man 1 before that one so that's true that's true nor did i play like Mega Man 3 after because i think Mega Man 3 being the best is now the more popular opinion but i don't know I mean, I was always more into Mega Man X than Mega Man. I should try Mega Man X because I do like I like Super Nintendo games a lot. I have to get into those games like aesthetically and just like NES games look bad often. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I was never into the Super Nintendo Mega Man X games. I played the PS One. Okay, yeah. And um, specifically, X5 is my favorite. Uh, that's the one where in the localization, uh, they named all of the boss characters after the members of Guns N' Roses. 
Oh, right. I've heard about that. I've heard about that. And it's also the the one that has the big climactic showdown between X and Zero. Okay. I think that's kind of the reason I want to play Symphony of the Night is because, like, I think Super Nintendo in general has some of my, like, favorite-looking games. But, like, PS1-era pixel art is, like, a step above even that in some mm-hmm. ways, like, from a technical perspective. And I think that's why, like, when I look at Symphony of the Night, that game looks dope as hell. And I'm, like, pulling up screenshots of X5, and that game just looks very good. I don't dislike Symphony of the Night. I kind of judge it a little harsher than most because I'm tired of hearing it lauded as, like, the best Castlevania. Right. And I'm a contrarian piece of shit. Right. It's like, yeah, when I was a teen, I, like, started playing Final Fantasy games, and I played, like, 6, 9, and 10 because, like, I just refused to play 7, and I heard that, like, 9 and 10 were very maligned, you know? Mm -hmm. There was a time when 10 was really unpopular, and now I think 10 is one of the most popular. Yeah, I think... I think what happened is the people that grew up with 10 grew up into people with, like, voices on the internet. Yes. And, like, the the mean, crusty old folks in their 30s don't care anymore and don't shit-talk it anymore. Right. Well, and I think, like, 10 and particularly 10-2 are, like, games... I think they're, like, games aimed at, like, more female audiences, I guess. I don't know how to say that in a, like, not problematic way. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And, like, hopefully as, like, people with voices on the internet are not just the same 12 white dudes, cishet white dudes into infinity, like, 10's Mm -hmm. reputation grows. Because I still know, like, a lot of cishet white dudes who just loathe 10 they hate uh titus titus yeah. it's titus okay. uh, it was titus in Dissidia, and that's uh one of my favorite final fantasy games i think it's titus in kingdom hearts so yo i don't know what happened um but there was a there seems like there was a big boom in women getting into jrpgs in the ps2 era yeah Maybe that's yeah, just because when we were growing up and it feels like that. Right. I mean, like, the first JRPGs I played were, you know, Kingdom Hearts, arguably, and Final Fantasy X. And, like, getting into that PS2 stuff was then like, oh, I'm going to check out Final Fantasy IX and six and get into the older things um, and Chrono Trigger. I'm not, like, a JR- JRPG expert, but, like the ps2 was my entree into that i grew up and my two consoles growing up were a ps1 and a super nintendo emulator okay so that's like a weird thing i know Mm -hmm. um chrono trigger was one of my first video games okay and i love that game it's chrono trigger's awesome it's a good video game in my top 10 probably in my top five chrono trigger fucking rules i played it on the ds um, oh that that version is better i don't think i don't think i finished it or like uh, obviously i could have finished it but i wanted to get farther in the story and didn't know how to but like the parts i played are very good and i have like watched videos of stuff past that ever since mm-hmm. and like chrono trigger fucking rules <laughs> it really does it's a really good video game 
Um, but what I, um, I'm such a contrarian that you mentioned FF6 and I scoffed. Right. Like, like okay. yeah, that was my first Final Fantasy, and it's good. I like 12 and 2. Those are mine. And 3 also. <laughs> I played 3 on the DS, and I loved it. And I played 4 on the DS, and I also loved it. But, like, I'm the girl who's like, nah, give me 12 and 2 and Dissidia and, and Dirge of Cerberus. So I was on, like, video game forums at the time, and, like, I wanted to be a contrarian to all these, like, dumb boys I was hanging around, and that's why I got into 10. But then, like, one or two of them whose taste I actually had some respect for was, like, no, you should actually play 6. Um, they they told me 6 and 7. I was like, fuck 7, but 6 I'll give it a shot, even though, like, 6 is just as popular as 7, I think. Maybe not. Yeah, and, um, like, I can remember sitting at the family computer playing the intro to ff6 and seeing the like mode 7 landscape mm. and everything i remember that i played six when i was like very ill and just like at home from school for three days and i just like was in bed my laptop um and just like i didn't even have like a controller or anything i was just using like mm-hmm. the arrows and z and x oh, basically yeah. That's how you do it. That's how you grow up with an emulator. You learn how to play <laughs> games with the arrow keys and the, the Z, X, and C buttons. I think I've beat uh, Sonic Advance 2 with like the arrow keys and Z, I X, definitely, and C. I definitely beat Link to the Past on a keyboard. That actually sounds dope. I, I had <laughs> the Game Boy, because like, I had a Game Boy Advance, and so like I just... Mm-hmm. I played it that way, and I didn't even play Link to the Past until I was, like, 18 or something. So, mm, I had 16. I used the the guidebook from the Game Boy Advance re-release to play the Super Nintendo version. You ever Do you ever, like, get tempted to just start collecting old video game guidebooks? Like, do you ever just get possessed of that urge? Because I do. <laughs> no. Um, the thing that I started collecting for a while, and it was the only thing that I collected, um, and I didn't make it very far, is just different versions of Metal Gear releases. Okay. Uh, I, I never got as far as, like, I'm going to buy that fucking super expensive MGS3 special version. But I've got the document of Metal Gear Solid 2, and that's really cool and fun. Okay. Um, And and I bought the Legacy Collection when that came out, even though I owned every game in that collection. And I bought the HD re-releases when those came out. Nice. Um, Live your best life. (sighs) I used to like Metal Gear, and I don't know if I still do. I have I told you my, my Metal Gear take? No. Is that like I watched all of those games on Metal Gear Scanlan and like uh-huh. I think Dan's just like constant unwavering enthusiasm about everything like infected me to where like there's stuff when I think about it or when other people more likely when other people bring it up to me that I don't like about those games. But Mm -hmm. when I think about Metal Gear, I just think about, like, hooting and hollering along with Dan, basically. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. And so, like, people tell me, oh, the Metal Gear Solid Five story is bad. And, like, those people are probably correct, but Dan Reichert loves the story, so, like, I ended up liking it, too. <laughs> That's a lie. Dan Reichert doesn't like stories. <laughs> Dan Reichert likes dumb action stuff and, like, doesn't give a shit about stories. But, like, there's a dumb twist in that one, and he likes that dumb twist, and so, like, I think that dumb twist is pretty cool, too. I don't actually know if it's good, but I I like it. <laughs> yeah, see, this My is... My time with Metal Gear is so tied so intimately tied to my time spent on 4chan mm, okay yeah i i like learned about metal gear and heard about heard about metal gear from like that same like it, i was not on 4chan but i was on like a dumb forum that i visited last week and is just like super right wing and probably always has been and i didn't notice <laughs> you went to game facts no, it was dot com, and it was um the off topic section. Ah, so stupid. I think they named a thread after me. I'm not a hundred percent. Yeah. I, I okay. I visited it looking for a friend the other day, and like, I was still going by my dead name when I stopped posting there, and like the th- for the thread I visited the most is now named like come back alley and i cannot tell if that's me or someone else huh yeah shout out to whatever weirdo from that forum is potentially stalking me (laughs) uh listen the old alley can't come to the phone right now (laughs) (laughs) this new mic is great because usually i'm just talking and it looks like way quieter than it did on the headphone mics and then like I just fucking clip the whole shit because you make me laugh at something stupid (laughs) I think that Death Stranding is taking so long that I don't like Metal Gear anymore yeah see and also the the fucking weird hero worship of Kojima right and like I like I objectively I know those things are bad, particularly the hero worship of Kojima. But like when I look at the Death Stranding stuff, I just look at it and think, "Man, give this dude like 12 billion dollars and let him make dumb shit, make, let him make dumb art films." And like I know that's bad. Like I know I shouldn't be encouraging that. And also like, when you think about it, it's like, "Okay, is Kojima making this or are 18 underpaid like right. workers right. making this under right. the strict gaze of Hideo Kojima. Right. Well, and then you add in like Del Toro's loose involvement with the project and like Del Toro is my favorite director and I think like Del Toro has a better track record of treating his employees well as far as I know. Yes, I've heard that that is the case. And so like like I, I get excited about like that collaboration and I I do not think critically enough about like Death Stranding will probably be a bad video game if it ever comes out. 
I don't it, I don't think that you are wrong to be excited about it. I would be excited about it if there were anything to be excited about. I don't yeah, think we're going to see that game until closer to like 2020. Oh yeah, we, the sun will definitely collapse into a black hole before that game is finished. But like the way that Kojima rep- what Kojima represents to the shitty right-wing gamer mm-hmm. side of things. Yeah. And the, like, consumer rights and, like, the the auteur thing yep. Yep. is inextricable for me to where it colors my enjoyment of Metal Gear now. Yeah, like, I tweeted this yesterday, like, I have arranged my social circle such that I thought every person on the planet hated David Cage and his video games and like <sighs> beyond too human or whatever the fuck it's called. Detroit Even you're calling human. it beyond <laughs> <laughs> Detroit become human. Um, got like an 80 on Metacritic and it was like this. Oh, I thought it was going to get like a 25. No. Okay. No, I like, um, I, I think a lot of like echo chamber stuff is like a load of BS, but like it was a reminder that like, oh right, like queer trans Twitter that I hang out in is not the entirety of the gaming landscape, and so like I lose sight of that and can just get excited about dunking on David Cage and forgetting the like real harm he does. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I think about. I think that everyone knows that Kojima is problematic and Kojima is XYZ, and that's not the case. Um, so it's down to a 79 on Metacritic. Well, thank God. <laughs> uh, but user score it's is still 8. about 6. 78 higher than it should be. <laughs> user score is 8.6. Uh, Despite there being way more negative user reviews than negative critical reviews weird i don't know how this works it's probably just as there are way more user reviews yeah gamers are bad <sighs> yeah gamers are bad i don't like, like video games very much it's interesting like there are channels that play david cage games that are like oh just so y'all know the reason that we're not very confident in this game is we don't think that David Cage is going to do a very good job, but we're coming in and we're going to have fun and I want to I want to play this cool video game and other people that are like, "All right, fucking what's the bullshit going to be this time, folks?" Mhm. Mhm. And like someone else tweeted this that like people praise his people like his games. I don't know what they praise his games for being campy. And it's like, nah, fam, like it's not campy. It's just bad. Like it's, it does not reach around to so bad. It's good. Or even if it did, like he is such a vile person (laughs) that like it cannot reach that level. Yeah. Like (sighs) I did watch a video yesterday where, um, they glitched out, heavy rain and just made the one man keep screaming Sean <laughs> that was good that was campy that's if not you, in the game can, that there's was a, a thing you can do where you can make the animation go up 500% <laughs> and 
that's really cool with all of the intricate facial expression animations. Right. But, but once you... again, like those are glitches. I'm not giving I'm not saying the game is good because it has these like funny glitches. Right. Even though I will say that about like Skyrim <laughs> and its funny glitches. People say, Oh, well, David Cage made one good game. Fuck you, he did. <laughs> Name it. Which good game? I don't know that he did. Do people like, like that David Bowie one? No. That game oh. is a broken, borderline unplayable mess. I wish that David I wish that David Bowie one was good. But Indigo Prophecy is good. Is no, it? It's no, it's not. It's not good. <laughs> it's it's you don't like the game where there's AI from the future and also space bugs and also <sighs> a conspiracy about the Illuminati and also I... some sort of god. <clears throat> We should stop talking about David Cage because I'm just angry now. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to take a deep breath. We're going to stop talking about... I'm I'm just going to pivot back to Korra. We're just going to (laughs) U-turn back into Korra. And if we go off on another tangent, that's fine, but it has to be a more fun tangent. (laughs) That's fair. Um... Oh, no! (laughs) I remembered what happens next in the episode, Nora. Tell me about it. What happens next in the episode? So, the fight scene is over, and they they leave the theater, and fucking... Ah, <laughs> the girl is like, Bolin, you're my boyfriend now, because women. Women in this show. God, I'm angry again. Uh. And that's not even the only thing in that scene. No, it's not. Because <laughs> then Cora ah! shows up, and she's like, oh, hey, Mako, smooch. Yep. And he's like, what? You're not mad at me anymore? And she's like, no, should I be? He's like, well, yep. we had a fight before you left. And she's like, oh, I lost my memory. Was it bad? Oh, no, it wasn't. Cut no. to glare from Asami. Women, am I right, fellas? So, like, Mako just goes back to dating Korra without even, without anything. Informing her that, like, of this choice she made, it's super gross. It's the grossest. Not only is it uh, dating a person who doesn't remember that they broke up with you, it's also... You didn't like you're you're seeing Asami right now. You're seeing Asami. You're cheating on both of them and lying to both of them. And I don't know why Asami doesn't just say, "Yo, shove it up your ass, Mako." <laughs> I think she does by the end of the season, right? She has to. Cuz I don't think there's any dating after this. She has to. <sighs> Mako ah. is so bad. How do you how the fuck does anyone think that it's okay to do that? How? Oh, I'm so mad at this show. Uh 
anyway, they ask the president for help again, and he says no again, which I think is an understandable position, because why is he just supposed to believe that um, the world's going to end? Um, okay. I, mm, I did like these episodes, but now I'm just mad. <laughs> and now I'm kind of in the, no, the boys are too awful for me to get over <laughs> it. Now I'm kind of on your side. Uh, the next episode is better. The next episode is better. Um, this episode ends with them visiting Varric in prison, and he has, like, a luxury suite in his prison cell because he built the prison. And once again, this show is mostly toothless, but this is, like, a a hint of commentary that's, like, not entirely terrible. I don't think they thought about that I, when they wrote it. Yeah, I don't think I think it's probably like 25% intentional. I think they thought it would be funny. Yeah. They don't want yeah. Varric to suffer ever. No. Um and he just give he like says, "Oh, look at all the good things I did for you." And they're like, "Fuck you." Yeah. Those were bad. You did us a bad one. The reason I think it's like 25% intentional is that like he also says all I wanted to do was start a war and like that's like too on the nose. Well, a bigger Hopefully. war. <laughs> Hopefully. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Look, it, it doesn't matter. <sighs> anyway, his battleship <laughs> is is named after his assistant. Mhm. That's not weird. No. It's fine. Normal. His assistant is in jail with him because it's a funny joke. Yeah, she has no agency of her own. It's a funny joke. No. It's not even like, oh, well, Julie was an accomplice and I got her in this luxury cell with me. No, it's just... I never go anywhere without my assistant. Yeah. Um, I came very close to just banging my head against the microphone just now thinking about it. And then at the end of the episode, uh, Tonrock and Unalak have a, have a fight. And Unalak wins. Yep, pretty badly. And we've talked a lot about the Civil War, and this is kind of the only fighting that's happened, because they had the bad fight earlier they drove them all off i guess yeah uh also this there was a shot of like spirits hanging on the either side of an alley with eska and desna on the rooftops that was a very good shot i do i may have been looking at another tab while that happened i have no recollection (laughs) do you watch the show or i mostly do but then (laughs) like (laughs) i watch like 85% 85% of it, and then, like, every time you mention a visual thing is, like, <laughs> the two minutes I was looking away to respond to a message or whatever. <laughs> well, you could... Here's a here's a pro tip for you. Okay, hit me. Type on your phone. Shut up. Have you ever <laughs> thought about shut up? I thought about it, but then I decided I didn't want to do it. Pro tip. This and then is I now got into podcasting. A, uh, I'm just going to mute you, and this is just going to be a solo show for the rest of the, uh... 
So yeah, that's the um, end of the episode. Uh, we're at an hour. Good lord. Um. Next episode is Harmonic Convergence. I liked the episode. <laughs> I liked when the harmonic converged. Oh, she's really gone. She's really not saying anything. I didn't even mute her. She's just really not. Or we're like disconnected and this is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> no, you want to do a solo show? You can do a solo show. <laughs> God. It's cool to be a listener at this podcast for once. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I can't focus when you just being there. What was that? I just can't. With Janora's spiritless body in the care of Katara, Korra and her friends attempt to break through the northern defenses surrounding the southern spirit portal. Despite being captured by Udalok's forces, they eventually manage to enter the spirit world. Boomy Kaya intends and leave to find Janora's spirit wheel and boat. Ah. Couldn't do it. <laughs> Couldn't read that whole overview in one breath. They get captured, and it's bad. And Unalak is is like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back after Harmonic Convergence, and I'm gonna kill you." This then. is essentially a. This episode is essentially a lengthy action scene, and I think that is why it is strong. <laughs> There is no reason not to kill Korra right now. None. The only reason would be if you don't want to go hunt down a baby. Right, like... Yeah, the only, th the only thing I can imagine, other than villains can't ever just, like, cap the protagonist because that's not how TV shows work, the only thing I can imagine is that he wants to break the Avatar cycle once he is the Dark Avatar. And... That seems true. Yeah, like, hunting down a baby. Um, he read the Bible and he knows that hunting down a baby doesn't work. I don't know. <laughs> you know what? After we're done with this season, I will pitch you my uh, Dark Avatar fanfic. I thought you were going to say you were going to picture me your Bible podcast. <laughs> that exists, and I, we can't beat it, so... <laughs> we can't make a Bible podcast that's better than Sunday School Dropouts. I don't have a strong enough relationship with... It. This is a dumb tangent. We're not doing this. <laughs> you don't want to do a Bible tangent? <laughs> no. I don't really want to get into, like, faith. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Almost made a a very explicit Buffy joke. You can fill in the the uh, details there if you want to. Is there a character named Faith in Buffy? There's a there's a character named Faith in Buffy. Hey, she's like the Jet of Buffy. She's she's the Shadow the Hedgehog of Buffy. Yes, she's. Oh my God, she's the Shadow the Hedgehog of Buffy. Do you think that Buffy's biggest like what is her her like top stat? Well, certainly not intelligence. Um, I would imagine it would have to be strength. 
It might be Constitution. There. Consider Buffy the following. And, hmm. Hit me. She's Buffy. You got to deal with it. No, because she, she's strong. Because she's Buffy. Oh, I get it. I, the thing I was gonna say is not. Buffy and Cora are not the same character, but they are. They're pretty close. Mm-hmm. Like. Wait, so you're telling me that this show has a character similar to Korra and it's written by Joss Whedon? So you just never want me to watch this show? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'll put it next to Firefly under things I'm never going to watch. I'm ne- Even when I was like a big old Joss Whedon stan, even when I thought he was like God's gift to writing, I have never liked Firefly. Heck a Firefly. Wait, That's did Joss Whedon take. do Firefly? Yeah, Joss Whedon did Firefly. Oh, okay. Should I should I say on this podcast that I don't think Firefly is very good? Go for it. I just said it. I don't think <laughs> Firefly is like very good. I only watched like four episodes. <laughs> I only watched like four episodes. I couldn't get through a single season of a TV show and a movie. Like I couldn't even finish Firefly because I just don't like it. I like I don't want to like shit on it too much because I know that there are people that actually like it. It's just that like. I feel like a lot of people wish that Star Wars was Firefly, and it isn't. Mm. And a lot of people project that character onto Han Solo, and he's not that character. Okay. So maybe I'm a little extra bitter about Firefly, because it like actively ruins people's perception of the thing I like. Okay. Uh, Solo does a good job of Han Solo. The, the solo part of solo is good. <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh. Remember how, like, on the episode zero of this podcast, we're like, we're going to try and keep it, like, posy and not just do, like, hot dunks? I mean, you just offered actual criticism. My, my thing was just, I don't like Firefly, so you're a better <laughs> host than I am, I guess. No. I mean, yeah, but no. We also did spend, like, 20 minutes just saying, like, Castlevania's pretty decent, so, like, that balances that out, right? Sure. <laughs> I mean, fucking whatever. Whatever. Who cares, actually? Who cares? <laughs> Write a fan fiction. Be free. <laughs> if you like Firefly, don't at me about it, but go watch Firefly instead. Yeah. I've been meaning to watch Cowboy Bebop. I feel like Cowboy Bebop will give me the thing that I want out of Firefly. I think the thing kind of also is that, like, I just don't want anything out of Firefly. Okay. See, I kind of like that space western-y sort of vibe, and I just don't like... I don't like Firefly, but I like Rebel Galaxy, which is just, like, Firefly ripped off as a video game. And I liked the two episodes of Cowboy Bebop I saw, so, like, there's something for me there. See, the thing is, I don't like space westerns. I like space fantasy. Mm, okay. That's where I come from. So it's I like, like this, I like the space samurai stuff, and, like, oh, westerns yeah. ended up ripping off all those samurai movies, so. Like, if you like the space with, like, the gritty and the... Guns and trench coat style sci-fi. That's fine. Uh, mm-hmm. I like it sometimes. 
like I said, Solo does a good job of that that part of it. Um, mm-hmm. If you know me, you probably know the part that I don't like about Solo. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to see this movie, like, and I'm never the person who has this, but I kind of want to see the movie just to have the conversation about it, even though I don't think I'm going to like it very much. And I'm going like, tr- to try to write something about it. Okay. Um, I never feel that. I'm never the person who just plays a game to be in the conversation, but I feel like Solo is just interesting enough to me that like I might do it. I I watched Infinity War to be part of the conversation. That like, was a mistake. When when things like yeah, the conversation's fucking way over now. <laughs> like I know, right? Like I feel like no one talks about that movie <laughs> well, you, anymore. You you might say that the the conversation about Infinity War ended just like that. That was you might say that fingers. only half the people are still having that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't feel so good. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe. Mm, we don't need to have an Infinity War conversation, especially since I haven't seen it. I just read what happens. But, like, I imagine the actual Infinity War conversation will happen when the rest of that movie comes out next May. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Back to Korra? <laughs> Question mark? What is it? What else? What else is there to say about Korra? Um, um Vatu is f- after at last after ten thousand years. Vatu is free. Yeah, it's Korra, time to conquer Earth. You know that. You know that bit. Um when you're like installing a program and it's at like 98% and then something terrible happens and you have to start over. Mm-hmm. That's what happens with Cora trying to close the portal. Um, it wouldn't have happened that way if she had immediately started instead of standing and posing and talking. Right. right. Like but if she had started like six frames earlier, <laughs> it would have just closed. Uh, you got to get that perfect frame link. Right. If you do well, it, I think the problem the right is frame, that uh, Vatu the got the frame link. <laughs> we both made jokes at the same time, I think. <laughs> the, ha! Middle ground. Now nobody's laughing. <laughs> you need to consider both sides of the joke. <sighs> to be fair, the humor in White Lotus Radio requires a very high intelligence. <laughs> And without a firm grasp on on irony poisoning, you're just not gonna get it. <laughs> uh, I think you jumping backward to do his portal speed run. I think we covered all of Korra, right? I th- I think so. The only other thing I can think of saying is that like. I blew past this when trying to breathlessly do the synopsis from the Korra wiki. Jinora is really not well, and, like, I think I'm just... I think I said this earlier. I'm just on edge today because I, like, got teary at Jinora being sick, and, like, it's, like, a decent scene, but it's not, like, that great. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Brains. They're weird. They're weird. Um, and also, Boomy has an extended bit where he leads a bunch of... He, like, accidentally bumbles through an entire camp with a bunch of spirits. And It's as good of a payoff for, like, this season of Boomy as they could have done. 
Yeah. Like, this is this is the culmination of Boomy's character up to this point. And for the rest of the show. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's true. I don't know that Boomy does anything in the other seasons. Mm, I, I'm not 100%, but you might be, like, completely and totally wrong. We'll okay. get there if we get there. Sure. I haven't seen season four, so sure. Yeah. Any, anyway. Um, so, yeah, Vatu's free. Um, there's a cliffhanger. We didn't talk about episode two nearly as much, but, like, episode two is just, like, a solid episode of the show. There's, like, plot threads harmonically converging. Um Hey, I do watch the show because I thought the bit with the oh, sun... Oh, I get it, because you said harmonic convergent. And no, like no, no. The thing in the... No, no. Because <laughs> there's the there's the drawing of the sun and the planets coming into a line, and I thought that looked cool. So, ha, I do watch yeah, the show sometimes. we've seen that shot three times this season. Shut up. I think it still <laughs> looks good. <laughs> How did you feel about the shot of the planet and you realize that it's super fucking small? Oh, oh, this is important to say. Um, Aurora Borealis at this time of day, uh. at this time of year, localized entirely over the globe? Yes. I've been sitting on that joke for an hour and 20 minutes. Oh, is that why you're so antsy? <laughs> there's an aurora borealis all over the globe listeners it's pretty good listen there was a time when my last name was borealis <laughs> nora borealis i still like it i'm gonna keep it in case i ever write a children's book that'll be my pen name. oh i'm into it uh, that just means that the third part of that children's book will never come out. <laughs> I think we're done talking about Korra. I think we're done talking about Korra. We didn't ask we're... for questions this week. Yeah. I forgot we were recording until twenty. I woke up 20 minutes after you texted me, so... Uh, I'm trying to think of a question... I don't have a good question. What? Okay. Uh, pair each character of Team Avatar to a video game console. Bolin is an Xbox 360. Bolin is an Xbox 360. Mako is a PS2. I was going to say PSP. I could see it. I could see it. I could also see a Vita. Mm. I could see a Vita because no one likes him. <laughs> Vita has. Oh. The I wish, I wish I had bought a Vita. I wish games had come out on the Vita. The Vita seemed like a very cool thing that appealed to my niche, and I just never bought one. I had a Vita for a while. I sold it because I needed money <laughs> one time. Yeah. Um, I I had a good time playing Persona Four Golden in uh, like the course of a weekend on the Vita. I kept fantasizing about, like, finally playing Final Fantasy VII on the Vita. Like, that was a thing I really wanted to do and didn't happen. I... Still I was listening like... to Objectively Good yesterday, and I really want to try Final Fantasy VII now. 
Also, our listeners should listen to Objectively Good. I've only heard one episode, but that show is very good. Yeah, it's very, it's, you might say. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very good podcast. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I played FF7 up until a certain point. I don't remember where. I don't remember where I stopped. I remember specifically where I stopped in 10 and 9. Mm-hmm. In 10, it was a fucking, like, nothing rock golem boss near the end of the game in the plains. I got... I ended up watching the rest of 10, but, like, I got really stuck on a boss fight with, like, the main bad guy whose name I'm forgetting. Seymour. Seymour. It's like a boss fight with Seymour, and it's not the final one. Is it the second one? Is it the wedding? No, it's past that. You're in, like, a mountain range. Yeah. It's, like, very close to the end, and I ended up watching the rest, and I just didn't want to grind to beat that boss. Uh, and I stopped playing 9 because there's the scene where Zidane grabs Garnet's butt, mm. and immediately after that is an FMV, and my emulator would crash every time I tried to load that FMV. Similarly... Watch the rest of nine, but um, I think I I had it on a disc that I got from a used game store, and like the second disc was scratched or something. Hmm. And like I just couldn't get past wherever the disc was scratched. But yeah, watch I watched the rest of it. I own all those games on discs, and I've never I've only ever played them on emulators. Well, that's just how you do it legally. That's not true. I I heard it on the internet like 10 years ago, so it has to be true, Nora Blake. You know what I heard 10 years ago on the internet? Huh. Uh, (laughs) (sighs) No, you have to tell me. (laughs) What did you hear 10 years ago on the internet? 10 years ago on the internet, I heard people say that FF12 was bad, and they're wrong. I'm playing it right now. Not right now, but I'm in the middle of a playthrough, and it's good actually, and I'm having a good time. It's yeah, the... I heard. I heard bad things about FF12, and um, I really want to play that game. The intro cutscene of that game has inspired every piece of art I've ever created. I think that okay. I'm gonna come back to that. I haven't seen that intro cutscene. I might watch that after we finish recording. Um, I should say influenced, not okay. inspired. I think maybe after I finish streaming Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, um, which will be like 12 years from now at the rate mm-hmm. I'm progressing. Um, but once I finish those, I'm thinking about 10 or 12. Okay. Um, or maybe 10 too, because I've never played 10 too, but like I know it would be my shit. I have a suggestion. Hit me. 13. I would play 13 if I had an easy way to do it. I would. It's on Steam. Is it on Steam? I thought I thought yeah. it was 360 th- and PS3 exclusive. All okay. three 13s are on Steam to my knowledge. Okay. I thought they were only on console. Okay. Nope. Maybe I'll play 13. Maybe you'll play 13 with me? Wait, do you mean 14? No. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. We're both going let's to play do a 13. Let's play a FF13 is what okay. I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> Are we? Mm, 
I shouldn't say this on the podcast. Are we going to do like a let's play of Legend of Korra? I would like to. We should figure that out. Uh, yeah. We could, I was worried. We could say that on the podcast. It's fine. I was worried that like my upload speeds would be so atrocious that like I just wouldn't be able to. But I ended up being able to stream um, uh, Kingdom Hearts with Marcy, and like everything was fine. So presumably we can also do this. Okay. Yeah. And we can uh, stream it, or we can just record it and upload it later. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Sure. Um, uh, if we do that, uh, can you edit that? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Abso-fucking-lutely. Because you already have enough work, and I really want to learn how to edit stuff. Um, I've been doing it with the uh, Sonic Adventure 2 archives, so, yeah. Yeah, we're at 90 min- 92 minutes of recording Good. just this episode. <laughs> God! <laughs> Nora, I'm so sorry. It's I okay, we had you. to get our good fucking dunks in on Joss Whedon and everything he's ever created. I... I just feel bad because, like, I've been editing audio and video stuff this week, and, like, I'm starting to hate my voice, and I can only imagine how much I'm putting on your shoulders. It's fine. I'm strong and tough. That's Nora. That's me. You can find me on Twitter at NeitherNora. Yeah. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Allison underscore coffee. Um, I'm doing streams at Twitch slash Alley Coffee. Um, you can give me money now, I guess. I have a Kofi now, and I might... A coffee? I don't know how you're supposed to say that. It's spelled weird. It's spelled like Kofi, but I think it's supposed to be pronounced coffee. But if you tell people I have a coffee link, people might not know what that is if they don't already know what it is. Right. Which so is a I have, fucking nothing statement. They might not already know what it is if they don't already know what it is. So if you go to www.ko-fi.com slash Allison Coffee, maybe Alley Coffee, A-L-I-S-O-N-C-O-F-F-E-E. Um, you can just go to my Twitter and find it. Um, you can just give me money in increments of $3 if that's a thing you want to do. I keep thinking about making a Patreon, but this is less stressful for me. TBH. So. Yeah. Maybe someday I will consolidate all of my podcasts somehow into a Patreon. But that, I don't know. Maybe not. That would probably make more sense than the thing we are doing. <laughs> oh, the thing where I'm just going to make a bunch of podcasts? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's another thing. I'm going to try and get episode zero of a new podcast up this week it'll probably be on my youtube until such time as i get an rss feed going it's called zero heroes it's going to be a monthly or bi-weekly book club where we read a comic books that do not feature superheroes now do you have hard and fast rules for what is a superhero no because i keep having the semantics conversation with like every person um you can catch me on that podcast for the Naruto episode. No, no, <laughs> no. I'm already bending my rule to maybe talk about the IDW or Archie Sonic comics, so like... I wouldn't consider Sonic to be a superhero, though. Sonic is a superhero. I would disagree. <laughs> he doesn't this even go a, to school. This is a... Uh, <laughs> 
This is like a take I picked up just to be contrarian at some point for He doesn't some... have any kind of life except adventure. You'd never see Sonic at home. Okay. Okay. That's a compelling argument against it. I'm going to consider this. Now, if you want to talk about supersonic. Bad. Bad. It's because it, it has the word super. I know. I know. I know what you did, Nora. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I would say that Shadow is more of a superhero than Sonic. Now, there's a take. Not saying he's more of a hero. But the construct, uh, the Western I've, construct of superhero as we know it from Marvel and DC fits Shadow better than it does Sonic. Right. Like That's an interesting semantics thing that I want to get into. On, I don't know if I want to talk about it on the show, but I'm definitely going to have to think about it of like, there are a lot of manga I want to read and like, Naruto is a superhero ass superhero. <laughs> Goku <sighs> is a superhero. I guess, yeah. But also we're going to be reading like Delicious in Dungeon at some point, and that, as far as I know, doesn't feature superheroes. I haven't actually read that book yet, so uh, I'm mumbling suddenly. If if you, if you need, listen, just saying, if you do an episode on Monstrous. Yo, okay, I'm going to actually put that in the Google Doc right now because I knew I was forgetting something. <laughs> I haven't read Monstrous yet. Also, your list didn't have Metal Gear on it. I, the Metal Gear is on the list because I okay. knew that you wanted to do that. <laughs> yeah, I'll be on like, there for that Metal Gear episode. I totally forgot Monstrous, and I've been trying, I've been wanting to read that book for a while. Oh, I should say that the first episode of Zero Heroes, um, I think I figured out the co-host. I haven't figured out the, I have not figured out the date, but we are going to be reading Giant Days, which is a, just like slice of life comic book about three girls in college, and cool. I love that book a lot. I know one of my co-hosts loves that book a lot, and I know the other one has not read it yet, but he is going to, and I'm excited for his perspective. Sounds good. Yeah. What YouTube channel can people find that on? Uh, I The YouTube channel is so new that I don't have it memorized yet, but if you go to my Twitter, you can find it just at me. You Sorry, you don't, you don't have, you don't what? Just at me? No, you don't. You don't got it memorized? Oh, my God. Hey, Nora. Uh-huh. I hate you. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, oh. The the YouTube channel is uh, Allison Coffee. That brand is strong. Yeah. Uh, strong like coffee. Check it out if you like Comic Sans. There is a lot of Comic Sans in every video that I will be uploading. I can't believe you didn't name it Comic Sans Heroes. Fuck. That's so good. <laughs> I don't have an RSS feed yet. There's time to change <laughs> God. If hey, you do Nora. that, then your logo has to have Comic Sans in it. <laughs> hey, Nora. Uh-huh? We're at an hour 40. Yeah. This episode is almost as long as the entirety of Firefly. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking got him. <laughs> Ka-chow! <laughs>
<laughs> oh, where can people find the podcast? Uh, oh, here's the thing. Did mm-hmm. you know that our Twitter page for like this entire time just never featured a link to the RSS feed? I got that fixed this week. <laughs> um, it's like whitelotusradio.podbean.com at whitelotuspod on Twitter. Uh, White Lotus Radio at gmail.com. Popliopals.moe. That's not, that's a waypoint. Reader. Uh, uh, um, um. I should buy a vanity URL for this show, shouldn't I? WhiteLotusRad.io. <laughs> that's actually pretty decent. Can we get Hotman? Like, is there a dot man? Can we get, like, can we get flame.io? Mm. <laughs> Flam.io. <laughs> Flam.io slash hotman. I might actually, I'm going to, I am pulling up hoisted.zone for my discount on hover. Does hoisted.zone, is that a thing? Hoisted.zone is uh takes you to hover.com and you get a um two dollar discount through idle thumbs or important if true or whatever Mm. when will my son idle thumbs come back from the sea i i miss i miss the show (laughs) wait did i say idle thumbs or important if true you said idle thumbs, but we all I meant it. important if true because the only video game podcast I listen to is objectively true, abnormal mapping, and waypoint radio. Yeah. The Triforce. <laughs> and in the Triforce, waypoint radio is is power, abnormal mapping is wisdom, and objectively good is courage. Oh no. Someone owns flam.io. Could get like flamio dot online for five dollars. Can we get flamio dot moe? Or, or we can get cora dot mom for one hundred and fifty. Can we? Can we get like? Oh no, Cora.mom is only 45 for a year. <laughs> I can't think of any jokes, is the thing. Avatar Cora. Avatar-Cora.com for 13. MyAvatarCora.com. <laughs> Not dot myavatar.com. <laughs> <sighs> Look forward to the White Lotus Podcast Network. (laughs) Should we end the show? (laughs) We should have ended the show an hour ago. I have 12 text messages. (laughs) I have have three text messages and a Snapchat. And a, a fourth text message also. Also, like, it's your bedtime, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> My bedtime was two hours ago. Oh, okay. So it's fine. <laughs> you just yeah, gotta stay it's up. Fine. <laughs> I guess I don't have a stream to do tonight, so fuck it. <laughs>
Keep inflating you, everybody. <laughs> I was going to talk about how tomorrow I get to play D&D. That's fine. We can just move on. Keep it flamio. Keep it fucking flamio. <laughs> I'm gonna hit stop. Bye.